One of the uh, wonderful blessings of many, many, I should say, one of the many wonderful blessings and things that we have to celebrate here at Sar Shalom is that we have wonderful men who are great teachers in their own right. And God gives them insight and, and uh, illumination on different topics, and they source things out, and it's just a blessing. And so this morning, we have the opportunity to hear from one of them this morning. So would you please give a warm welcome to Zakin Yochanan as he's coming this morning to uh, lead us in the drosh today. Baruch Hashem. All right, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> oh. It's a little heaviness today coming before you, so I pray that uh, the drosh will come through with lots of joy Amen. that's intended to be. Baruch Hashem, the blessing before study. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God. King of the universe who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to engross ourselves in the Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the house of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Adonai, who teaches the Torah to his people, Israel. Amen. Well, Oh man. <clears throat> Today, I'm going to speak of love of Hashem. You know, it's, it's funny because when we, when we think of love of Hashem, we, I mean, we say it every twice a day, right, at least. We talk about the love of Hashem, but do we really know what love of Hashem means? Do we really know what all is involved in it? Do we know? Love. We think we know love, right? Because we love each other and we show each other love. But how do you love something that you just you, you can't hold? You can't just sit there and talk to and they talk back to you. How do you love that? So I'm hoping by the end of today that you'll, you'll have a better understanding. Amen. A better understanding of it. So today, first we're going to start off in Mark 10. Because as I was preparing for this drosh, I was thinking about this story. And I may have had a change of perspective. So I want to read it, and then at the end, come back to it. As Yeshua was setting out on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him, and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Yeshua said to him. No one is good except one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not cheat, honor your father and your mother. The man responded, Teacher, I've done all of this since my youth. Looking at him, Yeshua loved him and said, One thing you lack, go sell as much as you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So just think about this story. Um, oh, but it is a statement the man became sad and went away grieving, for he had much property. So as we're going through this study, just think about that. And maybe how you've always traditionally understood this story does it change your perspective, any at all? Just think about that. So Hashem brought us out of Mitzrayim. He redeemed us, right? And He brought us to the mountain of Sinai. And then from there, He gave us His mitzvot. All for one purpose. All for one purpose. He gave us His mitzvot for one reason. To love. To love Him. He told us, if you go ahead and put Devarim 6 up there. He, 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 he said this. Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Love Adonai, ve'ahavta Adonai, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words which I'm commanding you today are to be on your heart. So ve'ahavta, ve'ahavta, to achieve love. This isn't just a statement. Right? This isn't just a statement we say twice a day, every single day. We say it sometimes maybe three. Like we say it before uh, we have the Shabbat dinner, Arab dinner. We say so that day, Baruch Shem, I could say it three times. You know, you can say it as many times as you want. 
But it's not just a verbal statement. We're supposed to actualize it, right? Bring it into purpose. You need to feel love for Hashem. Feel love. Feel the love. Hashem is commanding you to love Him. Now think about that. That wouldn't work a whole well if you go up, say you're single, you go up to some girl and you just say, hey, I command you to love me. That's not going to go over real well, right? Not in today's age at least. <laughs> um, you're definitely not going to feel the love back. She's not going to love you the way you want her to love you. So that's a problem. But this is, the, this is what Hashem said. It's the cornerstone of our religious life is to love Hashem. To, to, and not just love Him, but love Him with joy, right? So in order to love, if we go back to Devarim 6.4, in order to love, we need to accept His sovereignty first. Because if you don't accept His sovereignty, if you don't accept the Lord of God, the Lord is one, then you're loving something else that, in your perception, in your mind, what is Hashem? That is Hashem. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. That is Adonai. And if you, if you have any other perceptions of Him, then you're not loving Him. You're loving something, something you've come up in your mind. So we have to accept Him as our sovereign God. He is the only one. And He is one. Ain't old, right? Ain't old. He is the only one. There is no other. He is the God. So we have to accept His sovereignty. Then what does Hashem ask you? Next verse, 6 5. Well, then what does Hashem ask you? Love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Today we're going to learn how to do that. Hopefully. Hopefully you'll walk away and you'll have a totally complete new understanding. So the root, so He tells us these words which I'm commanding you there to be on your heart. The root of that, what are all these words that He's commanding us? It's his mitzvot, right? And if you've been in my class, I've talked about this, right? I mean, this isn't, this isn't some, I'm not revealing something new, just hopefully more in depth than I get to cover in class. Amen. He's telling us everything he's commanding you to be on our hearts. So what does that mean? For one, let's, let's think about, let's go back and think about love for a second. And loving Hashem, being, love Him. It's easy, right, to love another person. Because we're both material beings and we understand how we can kind of love. But what type of love does Hashem? Is His love the same as our love? Because, again, we can come close and we can love people. We're material beings. But He is abstract and infinite. So how do you love something that is abstract and infinite? How do you love that? It's just not inherent. Just come to us. Oh, this is how you do it. We have very little in common with Hashem. Yes, we are made in His image. Yes. But besides that, I mean, can you grow to be, have more in common? Absolutely. But inherently, just when we're born, how much do we have in common with Hashem? We're just living in this earth. So how do we create a relationship? Or closeness to Hashem. How do we do that? It's not like I can, I can walk up right here to Rabbi and just go up and I can be right next to him and just come close to him. We're close, right? And I can share something with him. And we become even closer. I can maybe embrace, you know, closer than just walking up to him. We can all have this closeness with other beings. We can even share experiences. We can go do something together and share that experience. And what happens? The more time you spend with somebody, the closer you can get, right? right. So that's, that's what it's like to be with a human. But how do you do that with a shem? How do we do that? It's not the same, right? We can't just, again, inherently be close to a shem. And he, under, he understood this. He understood this. He knew that we couldn't just walk up and share experiences and so forth with him. So, what did he do? He gave us his mitzvot. He gave us the commandments. Um, and he's told us over and over and over again in the Torah, in the prophets, 
the Gospels, the writings, what, what's this like? So I'm going to just kind of go through some rapid fire verses real quick. So go ahead. All right, here we go. Know therefore that Adonai your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps His covenant, uh, covenant kindness for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His mitzvot. So now, Israel, what does Adonai your God require of you but to fear Adonai your God, to walk in all His ways and love Him, and to serve Adonai your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Therefore, you are to love Adonai your God and keep His charge, His statutes, His ordinances, and His mitzvot at all times. Now, if you listen obediently to my mitzvot that I'm commanding you today, to love Adonai your God and to serve Him with all of your heart and soul, for if you will diligently keep all this mitzvot that I'm commanding you to do, to love Adonai your God, to walk in His ways and to cling to Him, whatever I command you, you must take care to do. You are not to add or take it away from it. Suppose a prophet or a dreamer of dream rises upon, among you and gives you a sign or a wonder. And a sign or wonder he spoke to you comes true while saying, let's follow other gods you have not known and let's serve them. You must not listen to the words of the prophet or the dreamer of dreamers for Adonai your God is testing you to find out whether you love Adonai your God with all your heart and soul. When you take care to do this, mitzvah that I'm commanding you today to love Adonai your God to walk in his ways, then you are to add three more cities for yourself besides these three. What am I commanding you today is to love Adonai your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his mitzvot, statutes, and ordinances, then you will live and multiply. Adonai your God will bless you in the land you are going to possess. Only be careful, this is Yehoshua, so now we're moving from the Torah and into Yehoshua. Only be careful to observe the mitzvah and the Torah which Moshe, the servant of Adonai, commanded you to love Adonai your God and walk in all his ways to keep his mitzvah, to cling to him and worship him with all your heart and soul. Besorah, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Amen, amen, I tell you, he who puts his trust in me, the works that I do, he will do, and greater than these he will do, because I am God of the Father, God going to the Father. Now this is love that we walk according to, we're in the epistles, uh, we walk according to his commands. This is the commandment, just as you've heard from the beginning, that you walk in love. Now we know that we have come to know him, by this, excuse me. Now we know that we have come to know Him by this. If we keep His commandments, we know that we love God's children by this. We love God and obey His commandments. I delight to do Your will. Oh no, not there. Not yet. All right. All right. So now, listen. I know I read you just a lot of verses, and we just read them quickly. But I wanted to show you. Listen. This isn't just a one-time. God just say right here in Etanan and just says, "Hey, love me." No, and listen, I didn't give you every single one. This isn't a mystery. Love God, keep the commandments. It's pretty simple. Okay? But why tell us to keep the commandments? Why tell us all these? Um, so first I think we need to find out what are mitzvot. I mean, if this is what we're supposed to do, what are they? We know they're His will, right? Now that verse... We know that there is will in Psalm 40, verse 9, says, I delight to do your will, my God. Yes, your Torah is within my being. So see, I mean, Rabbi's shown this many times before. His will is the Torah. They're one and the same. This is kind of like a parallelism type verse here. Okay? You state one thing, you state the second thing. They're not the exact same thing, but yet they mean the same thing. Okay? Parallelism. So, the mitzvot are God's will for our lives. Right? His mitzvot are now in a form that we can engage in. This is, I mean, it is Hashem. This is part of who He is. This is His wisdom, right? We know from Proverbs 8 that wisdom is His Torah. And it's from Him. And it's a part of Him. It's not all who He is. But it's, it's how He has communicated to us how we can engage with him. Okay? The root of mitzvah per the Talmud, okay? the root of it is connection. So every single time you perform a mitzvah, it connects you. It connects us with our fellow man, and it connects us with Hashem. Every single time. Okay? You know, I think of Mitzvah is, is connecting us to Hashem. It's kind of like the ladder of Yaakov in his dream. It has the power to connect earth to heaven. 
That's what the mitzvot do. They allow us to connect to Hashem. Right? It's a conduit. That's what it is. That's a conduit. You think about your pipes, right? They allow water to run back and forth, electricity to run back and forth, whatever, whatever is running through different pipes or wires or whatnot. It's a conduit Amen. so that we can become close to Hashem. Listen, these mitzvot aren't a list of do's and don'ts. It's not just 613 ways that you can mess up. You know, that's not the way you should be looking at the mitzvot, right? I mean, that's not. We should feel deeply about these. And let me say, if you want to feel deeply about them, you have to know them. You have to study. You have to read about them. You have to experience them. You have to experience them. If you don't know them and you don't experience them, how can you really feel deeply about something? Right? Think about it if you know, you're dating. For, for us old married people, Hashem, it happens still. But for those of you who are dating, what is it? All of a sudden, all you can do, you're infatuated with this young lady or the young man. You're infatuated. All you can think about, you wake up, you go to bed, it's all about this person. Right? Maybe even in your dreams. You're just thinking about them all the time. All the time. Why? Because you're starting to feel deeply about this person, right? And it invokes a lot of emotions that well up inside of you, right? All these emotions start coming out. It's the same thing with a mitzvah. It's the same thing. It awakens the emotion of devotion to Hashem, of love, compassion, a sense of awe and reverence, and a sense of gratefulness. That here we have this infinite abstract God, and yet He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to. Listen, Hashem has feelings. Don't let somebody tell you He doesn't, because we know He's a zealous God, right? A zealous God, come on. He has emotions. Now, they may not be the exact same as our emotions. They may not be at the same level, right? It's a different type of love. You know, once I've heard it explained, listen, an amoeba and amoeba, they don't really have love for each other, right? I mean, just amoeba sitting out there. An ant might have a little bit more, and then a bird and another bird have a little bit more. But you go to like a, to the, the whales, you know, they have a much more feeling of, of love. <clears throat> so these emotions that we're supposed to well up inside of us, these are what we're supposed to have for our, the mitzvot, the, for, which ultimately for Hashem. We're supposed to love Hashem. And you know what this brings about? Joy. This brings about joy. We should be following all the mitzvot with joy. So in Devarim 28, 47, it tells us, listen, this is one of the, uh, um, Hashem will send us curses because of this. Um, 28, Deuteronomy 28, 47. Um, Hashem will bring us, instead of serving Adonai your God with joy and goodness of heart, out of the abundance of everything, Okay, he's, he's gonna, so he's talking about the curses here because you didn't serve Hashem with joy. So listen, you can go through and do all the mitzvot all you want. But if you're less like, oh man, I got to go do this today. Oh, it's Erev Shabbat. I have to cook the challah, bake the challah. Oh, we have to do the candles. Oh, we have to say all the, all, all of these blessings. Come on. I mean, if that's your, if that's your yeah, motive behind the mitzvot. You know? Oh my goodness, there's somebody I see on the side of the road. Oh my goodness, I have to go help them. You know? If that's your, if that's your emotions behind them, then you need to ch get checked. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Right? Psalm 19.9. The precepts of Adonai are right, giving joy to the heart. See, the precepts, the laws, the commandments, right? They are right, giving joy to the heart. The mitzvot of Adonai are pure, giving light to the eyes. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, you want to see? Do you want to see Hashem? Yes. Mitzvot. Yes. Psalm 119, 111. Your testimonies I have as a heritage forever, for they are my heart's joy. They are my joy. John, Yochanan, just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. This is I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Amen. You see that example? Yes. Right? Walk in the way that Yeshua walked, right? 
All right, these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. So that your joy may be full. Not yet. Thank you. Listen, our joy. Hashem Yeshua wants our joy to be complete. He didn't just put us here and go, let's see how you do. You know, I mean, it's not a game. It's not a game. He wants a relationship. He wants a relationship with us. And so and he wants us, again, you've been in those relationships where you're just like, I want to leave, I don't want to be with the, you know, get out of me, this situation, please. We've all been in those situations, right? But that's not what Hashem wants with us. That he, that's not what he wants with other people as well. You have power over your love, though. Do you know that? You have power on who you love. Think about that. You have power. You think, oh, well, no, it just kind of comes about. I can love, it all, you know, I can't help it. I love who I love. That's not true. Chanuk says, Chanuk says a person's attributes are molded by his behavior. His attributes are molded by his behavior. So listen, when you say to yourself, mm, I don't like so-and-so, you continue to add to your thoughts on that person, your behavior towards that person, right? Um, again, just like the young lady or the young man, depending on the gender, who you, who you may be dating, what do you do? You're thinking about the other person all the time, and you're thinking, what? Good things. Especially in the beginning, right? You're not thinking about it. You, don't, you miss all the negatives, right? All your friends are saying, do you know about this person? All your friends. You're just like, what are you talking about? Right? You don't know. And then all of a sudden, somewhere down the way, somebody, you start noticing, oh, wait a minute. You know, maybe after you're married, if you have a short engagement, right? It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who did I marry? You know, I know Wednesday's like, who did I marry? You know? She needs lots of blessing being married to me. That is for sure. So, (laughs) she needs help. Pray, pray for my wife. Pray for her. Pray for her. I'm hard to be with. Come on. All right. But so you can, but you can mold your behavior towards somebody. Okay. You can mold you whatever you want. However you want to feel about somebody, you can mold your behavior. Have you ever prayed for somebody else? Somebody you didn't really care for too much. It didn't, you know, that person just rubbed you the wrong way. But you prayed, started praying for them. Not praying, I wish I wouldn't see them today. But you're praying for them, right? You're praying for them. They're, maybe they're going through something and you're praying for that. The more you pray for that, have you ever noticed how your feelings change towards that person? Listen, I'm not going to say you're going to be the best friends with the person, but it changes. You, your, your feelings towards that person change. Listen, I've, I've been there and done that. Especially with people who you, ha- you, you don't have a choice who you work with, right? right? And so you start praying for those people. And, you're in, and so all of a sudden things change. Again, you're not going to be best friends. But you're just not like, oh, I don't want to see that person today. Let me go. You know? You're not going to be that way. All right. So, what is love? We've defined mitzvot. we define why we have the mitzvot. But what is love? Listen, love is a feeling felt towards another subject. Notice I said subject, okay? Not an object. I can say I love meat. I love key lime pie. I love banana pudding. All right? But I don't really, I love, I say, colloquially, colloquially, we say those things, right? We say we love this, we love that, but we don't really love them. Right? It's, it's an inappropriate use of the word love. You can't love an object. You can't love an object. All right? We enjoy those meat. It's, it's really, it's, you know what it is? It's self-expression. It's, excuse me, it's expression of self-love. That's what, when you say you love something, it's really an expression of self-love. You bring enjoyment out of it. Okay? You, or you get enjoyment out of it. So, you know, Hashem commanding us to love Him. Hashem commanding us to love. I can understand Hashem telling us, you know what? You need to revere me. You need to have all for me because I am the Almighty God. 
and there is no other, so you need to have offer. I can see Hashem saying that, but love. Love. It's a different thing. Not only just love Him, but with all your heart and soul and strength. Or resources. So, if, if it's so important, if loving Hashem is so important, listen, I've, le- I've read you all, so many verses, and there are more out there. If it's so important, why are we just now hearing about it in Devarim? I mean, we're 40 years into this, right? We're 40 years. But you know what? We didn't first hear about it in Devarim 6. Did you know that? Just the previous chapter. Um, Devarim 5, 8 through 10. I did give those to you, right? Yeah. All right. Do not make for yourself a graven image. No image of what is in the heavens above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. Do not bow down to them or worship them, for I am Adonai your God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children on the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But showing loving kindness to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my mitzvot. See, just a ch- chapter before. Right? You would think, now you probably recognize that because I kind of got out of order, but you know, Baruch Hashem will, will go on like I didn't just read you that. So, and think about the Ten Commandments. You would think if this is so important to love Hashem that it would be in the Ten Commandments. Right? So what's the first commandment? Right? Adonai is God and He delivers us out of Mitzrayim, right? And then the second commandment? We're to have no other gods. Right? And not to take the God's name in vain. And then you have Shabbat. Remember the Shabbat. And then honor your mother and father. And then don't commit murder, adultery, steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't covet. Where's loving of Hashem? But yet we are told. I just read it to you. You already know. But you know what? You're already thinking. Hopefully, because you're, you're smart Jews, you're already thinking, where have I heard that before? Right? All the way back in Shemot. Exodus. All the way back in Exodus. Chapter 20, and I'm, just, I'm not going to read the whole part of that, but verse 6, it says, But showing loving kindness to the thousands of generations for those who love me and keep my mitzvot. We already heard it. Listen, this is when he first came and presented the commandments to them at Mount Sinai. He's telling them, those who love me and keep my mitzvot, he's going to show loving kindness to how many generations? How many generations are we since, since this? Does anybody, do you have any idea? Oh, no, we're not even close. We're not even close. I mean, how many generations do you want to go? You want to, is it 40 years or 70 years? Which, take your pick. Let's do 40 because that would be a little closer, right? 40 plus 40 plus 40 plus 40 plus 40. How far are we? Right? What year is this? You know? 1,500? Give or take, right? 1,500? So if you take 10 generations... Of 40 years, you're at 400, right? You take 100 generations, 100 generations, you're at 4,000. So 1,500 plus 4,000 is 5,500. Where are we at? We're at 58, right? We're getting close to 58. All right, so we only need another 300 years. Another, another 10, 12 generations there. Do you see it? I mean, we're, we're not even at 500 generations, and we're talking about thousands of generations. He's going to show his loving kindness to those who love me and keep my mitzvot. So for those who say, listen, they're only for a short time. They, they're not for people today. They were for only for those people back then. Listen, thousands of generations, those who love me and keep my mitzvot. Thousands of generations. All right. So this commandment, the commandment, it's a thought, could the commandment, Hashem isn't really commanding us. Could it be that He's not commanding us to really love Him? But He's commanding us to do acts of the acts of loving Him. Okay? Maybe that's what He's doing. Because via hafta can mean you shall love as well as you will love. So can he could he mean be meaning when you perform these mitzvot, you shall love me. You shall love me. Listen, initially the command could be to act willingly or to act lovingly towards me. You shall perform these acts of love. Right? Hashem has shown us acts of love, has he not? I mean, he delivered us from Mitzrayim, Egypt. He's 
uh, given us all these wonderful mitzvot to connect to him. We're breathing. We have food to eat. We have new babies being born, right? We have lots of things to be thankful for. Hashem has blessed us beyond measure. What happens when a parent gives to a child, right? Who loves more? Let's first ask that question. Who loves more, a parent or a child? Parent, right? Parents generally, generally love the child more than the child loves the parent. Why is that? Because they give. The parents are the ones giving all the time. I mean, I mean, <laughs> children, I mean, listen, there are some children who are just naturally very giving and it's wonderful, but the parents almost always give as, as out giving to the child, right? I mean, think about it. It's just natural. All of a sudden, especially moms, right? Because they give life. They give that life. There's this natural bond. I mean, us fathers, yeah, we love our children, but there's this natural bond with the mother, right? Because they gave life. It's even more so. So, it's not just about giving, though. Because when we give to somebody, we, we want them to enjoy whatever we've given, given them. Maybe it's our time. Maybe it's uh, something, an object or something. Or who knows what else. But when we give, we don't want just to give it and go, okay, great. We want to see them enjoy it. Right? Enjoy it. Hashem gave us the mitzvah not to go, oh my goodness, another mitzvah. He gave us the mitzvah to enjoy them. Again, to have joy with Him. That's why He gave us this mitzvah. Giving is love. Right? Listen, many of us know that ahava, meaning love, the hey and the vav, they mean to give. It means to give. Love is natural, is giving. Love is not taking. We've all seen those one side of relationships, right? Where someone just takes and takes and takes and takes, and the other one never gives, and he never gives. And, they, they gives. and it's a one side of relationship. And you, and you look at that person, you're going, how in the world are those two still together? You know, I mean, it, it's sad, but it's just, you, you see it, but they can't see it. But because they love that other person so much, because they've given so much, they can't see it. They're blinded by their love. Because they're giving and giving and giving. It's a beautiful picture, actually, from that side, from that perspective, right? So, love of God comes naturally, though. Listen, God built it into our souls. Our souls are really part of Him, in essence. If you want to go from the soul level, our souls are really a part of Him. Our souls are part. And they love naturally. And so... It's, it's natural for our souls to love, but yet we have, if you want to call it an animal soul, this animal, this material being, we, not so much. But, there, but loving God will come naturally. When one comes to experience this love through regular contemplation of Hashem's mitzvot and His creation, one becomes deeply aware of His wisdom and His kindness. But yet, it can't be just a superficial reading the Torah, the Torah portion. Listen, you can just read the Torah portion every week and just read it and go, okay, great, I read the Torah portion and go on. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to know, to engross us. The, the, the prayer that we, we read in the beginning, to engross ourselves in the Torah, become part of it. Where, where there is genuine love, Genuine love. There's a fusion of the inner self with the other. Genuine love. This exists naturally within us. Because think about it. How Yeshua said he and the Father were one. Why is that? Because he loved like no other. And so why was he so infused with Hashem? Why can he say, I and the Father are one? Because they were in essence one, because he was so fused with him. When you love God, when you perform the mitzvot, remember, he was sinless, right? He did them without fail. Does it mean he, he, provide, he did every single mitzvah that you can do? No, right? We know some of the mitzvot are for, for men, some are for women, some are for farmers, some are for the priests, some are for the... Uh, high priest and so forth. 
But the mitzvot are an opportunity to be close to him. That's how we need to look at them. That's how we need to look at the mitzvot. Is, listen, this is how I can connect to Hashem. This is how I can connect to other people. It's to connect, it's, it's to perform his mitzvot. But, but, we must ensure that our heart is not tainted by negative character traits or occupied by love of worldly traits, right? There's a story uh, of a villager. Um, it's from the book of Mitzvot. But this villager, simple villager, you know, goes into the city. And he goes to the city fair. And it's in the, in the winter months. So he's you know, wearing his heavy coat and it's, it's snowing and so forth. And it's wet and soiled and so forth. And so, but he go, walks into this expensive clothing store. This is what you can compare having a tainted heart. So he he's walks in here and he sees the tailor and he comes up to him. Now, mind you, he's a villager, right? He's not a man of well means. So he, he, he says to the tailor, might you have a suit that would fit me? And the tailor looked him over and he goes, I think I might have, I, no, I have a perfect suit for you. A perfect suit. And so he walks over, gets it, hands it to the man, and the man tries to put it on. He can't fit his sleeve through the coat. And he's getting, he's getting very frustrated and upset because this is what he's thinking. This man is mocking me. And so he says to him, you're mocking me. You know, you see me as a simple villager. And so you give me the suit which I, I couldn't dare be able to put on and fit. But in his simpleness, he forgot to take off his winter coat. He forgot to take off his winter coat. So the tailor said to the man, no, this, this suit is perfect. It's a perfect fit for you. If you will only take off that shabby, shabby coat, I will show you how I could fit you perfectly. Um, and so he did. So you can, this, this is a person who has a tainted heart. This is a person who's more concerned about the worldly things. Listen, your heart can't serve two masters. We were told that by the master, right? We can't serve two things. So you either clean out your heart from the bad, so you have more room for this good, so you can put on the coat of love, or you keep your shabby coat and you keep on going down the road. That's your choice. It's, it's like the red and blue pill, right? It, you, you, hey, you can keep on going as you've always gone and think you know what love is. Or you can put on the coat and you can truly love. You can truly love. So as Zion, Hashem designed the mitzvot to be a precise fit for us. Each and every single one of us. Just like an expert tailor. I mean, if you'd ever have a tailor, I'd want it to be Hashem, right? Could you imagine the crisp look you could have? I mean, you could... You look good. You know what I'm talking about? These words which I'm commanding you today are to be on your heart. Love of Hashem is attainable. But not if your heart is filled with trivial uh, teas and material desires. Right? And listen, Hashem just didn't go just love me and be done with it. He told us how to do it, right? So in Devarim 6, uh, verse 7, I didn't write it down. Um, verse 7, Devarim 6, 7. Um, he tells us to teach our children, right? You're to teach them diligently to your children. And speak to them while you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Don't go yet. So that word teach there is an interesting word. Typically, it would be from the root word of lamad, which means to teach. That's not what that word is. That word is from, is veshinatam, from the root word shaman, which means sharp. So, they teach us that the words of Torah should be sharp in one's mouth. We know from Hebrews, right? We know from Hebrews 4.12 that the word is a double-edged sword. But here... 
They don't really use the word that normally is used for teach. So we're to be, so, we're, we're to be able to speak these words and cut through any questions or doubts that anybody else may throw out at us. Teach them to the children. Listen, because they're going to, they're, especially our children, right? They're not with other Jewish children necessarily all through the day, right? They go to school. They hear all these other things. They want to they be of the world, right? Because they'll look at all these friends, what they get to do, right? But the Torah tells us differently. We're not to assimilate, right? We're not to assimilate. We're to speak of them. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, what does that sound like? Does that sound like it's to be on, commanding to be on your heart? That's, see, he didn't just go do it. He's telling us, teach your children. Why? Why teach your children? Because, listen, when they become adults, if they haven't been growing up with this, you think they're just going to automatically turn to a shem? Teach them to your children. Because once they assimilate, it's hard to bring them back. It's very difficult to bring children back once they have assimilated. Teach them. He then goes on the next verse. He then says, bind them as a sign on your hand. These are to be frontlets between your eyes. Next. And write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Listen, he gave us tools. Wrapped men, wrapped to feeling. Remind yourself. Bind it. Listen, you might think, oh, I'm just wrapping it around my skin. No. No. I'm just putting it on my forehead. No. The spiritual aspects of the phenon are, it's a whole nother, it's, 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 a, it's probably five drashes. Mezuzot, every time you go in and out your doors, every single time, remember the mitzvot. Why? To, to love Hashem. It's all to love Hashem. Because he's a jealous God. It's all to love Hashem. We're not to mix. Because what happens when all of a sudden you, when your son or your daughter marries a non-Jew, or one of you, God forbid, marries a non-Jew, what happens? At first, they may be interested. Right? They may, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. But everything kind of gets in the way of actually observing for some reason. Oh, it's too hard. I have to go all the way to Dallas. Oh, it's too hard. Shabbat, man, everything happens on Saturday. College football, for goodness sakes. You know? <laughs> hey, man, I've, I've missed a lot of Aggie football since starting this walk. You know? A lot. And let me tell you, I have, I have towels for every single game I've ever been to. I have, a, I have one in my, in my study encased in, in, in a deal. But I have a towel for every single one. So I have like, I don't know, close to 70 towels wow. of every single game I went to. <laughs> I mean, it was a big thing for me, obviously, right? I mean, it is for all Aggies. You know, I mean, if you've ever seen an Aggie, you know what, right. what it means to them. Yeah. But those things of, as I've, you know, attached myself to a shum, it's all for not, man. I, I really don't miss it a whole lot. Every once in a while, something will trigger a memory. But, I, I mean, if you know, I don't even, you know, every Aggie pretty much has an Aggie ring. Like 95% of us get it. I choose 95 because I'm class of 95. Um, if you all don't understand that. But if someone's listening and is an Aggie, they know what that means. Um, but I'm class of, so Aggie, we wear Aggie rings everywhere. Why? Because it's recognizable. Oh, look, there's an Aggie. So all of a sudden, you go talk to that person, right? We, we have a bond. I don't even wear my Aggie ring. It's just, it's, it's just kind of it's not important to me anymore. Listen, I'm an Aggie. I'll be an Aggie for life. But it's, it's nothing compared to Hashem. I'll be a Jew for life. That's for sure. <clears throat> so the expressions, the expression of a, a, hava, a, a hava leads to becoming a chad. Right? One with God, Echad. One with God. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Ahava and Chesed both have the Gemachia of 13. Hashem didn't put those right next, those two verses or sentences right next to each other for no reason at all. Echad. To make Hashem Echad. Because in the future, Hashem, we're told in Zechariah, 
in the future, Hashem will be Echad. All of us will be encompassed in Him. He'll be Echad. So why did the sages, if you ever thought about this, you know, through the Gospels and through uh, the epistles and so forth, they talk about love, 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 love. You know, it's not that type of love, sorry. But they talk about love. I thought about skipping, but I, so. I almost sang for you guys, but I decided not to. Because, you know, coming up with this whole drosh the whole time, because one of the things is, what is love? You know, so I was just thinking of that song that came out in the 90s. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I did. It's been all week long that's been in my head. <laughs> hey, that was my tryout, by the way. <laughs> um, <no. laughs> He's already told me no before. He's never outright said it, but this topic never came back up. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, but why is it that they talk about love? Why do the sages bring it all the way down to this one word, love? You know, if you think about it, the prophets, they, they kept on whittling down the commandments down and down further and further from, thir- from really 613 to 13 to 10 to 3 to 1. Why? Because it's possible to perform the mitzvot. It's possible to perform all of them. And lose sight of the ultimate purpose. It's possible. You can perform every single mitzvah. It could be just a list of regulations that you, these you have to do. Listen, our United States government, you don't have to love them, but you do have to do them. Or else you'll end up somewhere you don't want to be, right? Okay, Rabbi talks, and, and, and Menashe talks to these people all the time. Listen, if you don't want to end up here, follow the door. It's pretty simple. It's real simple, right? So, we can do them as just a list wrote. But that's not Hashem's purpose. Hashem's purpose is not to be that. So, I'd like to go back to our young, wealthy guy. He asked Hashem, good teacher, how do I reach eternity? And Hashem tells him, listen, listen, you, okay, you've done all this since your youth, great. Now sell all your things. And he went away sad. We don't know how he responded after that. Many times we're told something, right? And we may not respond in the best manner. Afterwards, we think about it. And we go do the right thing. Right? We don't know how he responded. Listen, and, and Hashem doesn't call for all of us to go, or any of us really, to go sell all of our possessions. So what was it that this young man, what was his problem? You know, maybe this is the one thing he had yet to clear out of his heart. Maybe this is the one thing. Because listen, you can't just do a, just a, a dump, put, put it in the trash can and just dump it. It takes time. Listen, it took you years to put all that stuff in there. Right? It's going to take you years to get it back out. Listen, it, it's going to take your whole life probably. Because as you're cleaning that out, unfortunately, sometimes others things kind of get in. You don't even realize it. Who threw that in my trash can? You know? Man, you're up there having to pick it. I'm sorry, not in our trash can. Who threw that on the ground? So now you have to go pick it up off your heart and go put it. Now let's go put it in the trash can, right? So, you know, in the past, I always thought about this guy. Listen, man, his heart was just wretched because he cared about material things too much. That might be. Could be. But now with this different perspective as I was doing this, instead of being quick to judge him on that, maybe it was just the one thing that Yeshua saw that he still needed to work on. You know, what would Yeshua, if we asked him, what would Yeshua say to us? Do you even want to ask? It's a scary proposition, right? It's a scary proposition. What if that's you asking? What would you do? What would you say? If he told you, would you, I mean, undoubtedly, if you might think you might go up there, <laughs> Yeshua, how do I hit eternity? <laughs> and he tells you, you know, and you're thinking, oh, you're all right, right? How would you respond? Would you be disappointed? What would you be disappointed about, right? You're disappointed yourself. You're going to be disappointed. It's how you respond to the disappointment, which is important. It's when you recognize you have a sin in your life. It's how you ultimately respond which makes a difference, right? 
So the mitzvot, say, conclude here. I mean, y'all gonna get like five minutes early here. As I conclude, the mitzvot is Hashem's wisdom. It's Him communicating to us how we can communicate with Him. How we can become close to Him. Not, not as a list of regulations of do's and don'ts. God forbid. They're who He is. The mitzvot to who He is. So have a different viewpoint, a different perspective of the mitzvot. Love of Shem. Look at them. Study them. Don't just, listen, Rabbi's given us that challenge, right? He's, he's talked about it in the past few weeks. Listen, look at them. Pick a mitzvah and become an expert in it. And what about this one is your first one? This would be a wonderful one. There's other ones, and if you're starting on that, Baruch Hashem. But it all starts with this. Loving Hashem. This would be an excellent one. If you haven't started that yet, start out with this one. Love Hashem. What does that really mean? Because let me tell you, there's tons of material out there that I've that talk all about the love of Hashem that I could not talk about. I mean, you got levev, le, uh, when it says, uh, with all your heart, levevecha. You know, typically you can say le, heart with just one B, lev, right? right? Which with two. Why is it with two? It's another Josh. <laughs> Go study. Go study, right? You got two souls, right? You got your animal soul. All right, so grow close to Hashem. You know, be disappointed, yes, that you're not there yet, but be encouraged that, as Rabbi said earlier today, that your better days are ahead of you. Your better days are ahead of you. You have another day. You have your breath, one last breath. Keep on pursuing Hashem and His love. Hashem Yeshua. Amen. Thank you, Hashem, Almighty God, our King. Thank you for your love, Hashem that you've loved us. And thank you for the opportunity to grow close to you. Thank you, Hashem, for allowing this conduit of mitzvot, Hashem. Thank you, allowing us to be able to infuse ourselves in you and become one with you, Almighty God and King. For you are Lord, and you are God, and there is no other. B'Shem Yeshua, Amen. Amen. All right.